Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. All right, you guys, today we're talking all about why picky eating happens. Have you ever asked that as a mom? Because I know I have. Like, why? Why is this happening? Why now? Why, when I'm just getting the hang of feeding my kid, all of a sudden are they not eating the things that they were just eating like five seconds ago? So today we're going to dive deep in on that. I can't wait to get started. But before we do that, I want to shout out one of you. You guys make this show a reality for me. It means so much to me that you're listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing, and especially writing written reviews. So today I'm going to take a second and read a written review to say thank you. So this one is from my friend Jennifer Wagner. She says exactly what I need as a mommy. Five stars. Being introduced to the wealth of wisdom that flows from Alyssa has been such a gift in my motherhood journey. Finally, I am learning how I can not only journey towards food freedom myself, but also instill that in my children so they won't have to face all the body challenges I've had to face definitely binging these episodes. Oh my gosh, Jennifer, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who's not only listening, downloading, sharing, and subscribing, but especially a big thank you to those writing written reviews. Not only does it keep me going and really just kind of fill my tank back up, keep me going here, but of course, it also helps push this uh, podcast out to other moms just like you, believe it or not. So it is so important, of course, for my own show, but any show that you love, please give them a written review. I had no idea how important they were until I became a podcaster myself. Hey, you guys, Alyssa here. I'm just sneaking in really quick to let you know of the free class that I am teaching very soon. I'm going to be talking about the top three most overlooked under talked about reasons for picky eating that are very likely happening in your home. These are sneaky reasons that you may not even realize are causing picky eating. I can't wait to teach on this information. So click the link in the description box below to learn more about this free class, snag your seat, mark your calendars, and I hope to see you there. I'd love to be able to answer your questions, plus you get a free gift for coming to hang out with me. All right, that's all for now. Click that link in the description box and I will see you soon. Back to the show. All right, so I'm not gonna be able to get into the nitty gritty every single little reason why picky eating happens because in all reality, if I were to take some time, I bet I could come up with over a 100 reasons why picky eating happens in our children's lives. And first of all, ain't nobody got time for that, but second of all, not that it doesn't matter, but at the end of the day, there are some kind of reasons why it happens that we can control and can change and some reasons that we can't. And so today we're gonna talk a little bit about what's going on, what's actually driving this picky eating phase that almost all of us go through with our little ones and why it's not just a phase that they will just grow out of, but that it's actually something that we need to tackle and have some sort of strategy to overcome in most cases. Okay, so first and foremost, you may not know this, but you can actually say a little thank you to picky eating. I know, I know, and please don't hunt me down. I'm just telling you that picky eating is actually for the benefit and actually for the safety of your little one. 
That's right. Picky eating is actually biologically driven by our little ones to keep them safe. So if we just think about it, so picky eating typically rears its ugly head right around the two eight, two year age mark. So somewhere between 18 and 36 months is usually where we start to see picky eating emerge. And there's a reason for this. This is when they are toddling, right? And so they're no longer a baby, safe in their mama's arms, not able to move around. We've all experienced this, right? With little kids, like like you used to be able to put that baby down and go grab something or go whatever really quick and come back. And that baby was still right there, right? But now you can't get that child to like stay in that one spot to save your life. Am I right? Oh, man, the days I remember when my son started crawling and just being like, you know, as much as I uh, encourage this, I'd like to take that all back. I would like you to be a late bloomer. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Right? It's so nice when they just stay in one spot. But, you know, when we think about this biologically, that means that our little ones are up, moving around, being able to find new things and pop them in their mouth. And we know as parents that that can feel really scary, right? Have you ever walked out of the room, come back and think that there's something in your little one's mouth and all of a sudden your heart stops and you're like, oh my gosh, open your mouth what's in there, what's going on, blah, 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 right? And most of the time it's like nothing or a fuzzball or a dog hair. But in reality, it can be really scary for our little ones just to have the autonomy to put anything and everything in their mouth. I know certainly there are kids that tend to do that. And then there are certain kids that would never put anything in their mouth. Well, picky eating is actually a biological drive to protect our kids from putting things in their mouth that are poisonous, right? Back in the day, they're just like wandering out in the garden, poisonous, and or of course, choking hazards. So picky eating is nature's little defense against that. Of course, it's not perfect. As we all know, we still need to be supervising our kids, especially around choking hazards or potential choking hazards. But at the end of the day, there is a little thank you that we can whisper softly so no one hears us towards picky eating to say, okay, this was actually here to protect and keep my child safe. That being said, we know that the food we put in front of them that they're ignoring because they're picky is not a biological driver to keep them safe. Rather, this is their expression of autonomy. And this is them not understanding that although their biological brain is saying, hey, this could be dangerous, but we're saying it's safe, it's really a disconnect for them. So this is one of the reasons why picky eating uh, naturally occurs in most children. Now, a lot of doctors or people or even moms might say things like, oh, picky eating is just a phase. And in some sense, that's true. It it is a phase, right? And so there are some children that develop picky eating, have this biological drive to protect themselves, exert their own autonomy, learn and become more comfortable with food, and can move on. Now, some kids get stuck here, and then all these other reasons for picky eating start kind of flooding the gates, if you will, and making them dig in their heels and become more and more picky. Now, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, sometimes those reasons for picky eating are things we can control or kind of uh, alter or change and have some sort of influence over. And sometimes they're not. And what that means is that there's other reasons for picky eating that are just out of our control. Things like genetics, which actually play quite a big role in whether or not your little one is going to be on the pickier side, or even things like medical issues or complications at birth, they're going to cause pickiness. Maybe your little one had to be on a tube feeding for several months, if not years of their life, and now this is the first time they're experiencing food. It's actually quite a complex process to be able to 
chew or mouth food, move it around their mouth, get it to the right place so that they can swallow it safely all while breathing. Like this is actually quite a complex uh, action that our little ones are constantly learning and evolving since birth to learn how to do so that they can safely eat food. And if your little one was delayed in learning that process, it can actually be a little bit harder for them to overcome, which might show itself as picky eating, but it's actually more of a... um, processing issue. So all these things are kind of out of our control, right? Of course, there are things we can do to help our little ones become stronger and get better at chewing and manipulating food. But at the end of the day, there might have been things out of our control that are affecting their pickiness. On the flip side, though, there are things that cause picky eating or rather kind of cement picky eating, if you will, uh, that we do have a little bit more control over, whether, you know, it's something that we started or something that we're allowing or something that our little one is experiencing that we can alter or change. And so this is really important because this is what I teach on, right? I can't help you with all of the things that are causing picky eating. I can help you with the things that are inside your control with picky eating, right? I wish that I could take away some of the genetic predispositions to how much or how intensely our little ones experience smells or flavors. Or did you know that there's actually like a genetic code difference between someone who tastes broccoli and loves the flavor and someone who tastes broccoli and hates the flavor? Same thing with cilantro. Some people, when they eat cilantro, it tastes like soap. That's actually my mom. I love cilantro. I mean, I, well, I wouldn't say I love it, but I definitely like it. It doesn't taste like soap to me. Now, because she has that uh, kind of genetic marker, it's more likely that my kids will too. So it might not be that my kids don't like guacamole or tacos. It might be that there's cilantro in it and it tastes like soap. So I can't help you with that. There's no fix or cure for that. But what I can do is say, hey, here are the things in kind of the pickiness arena that I can help you with. I can teach you how to create a kind of set them up for success environment, right? Like this is what I always say, the things we can do where we just tee them up. We're saying, hey, all you have to do is step up to the plate and hit a home run, but I can't do that for you. I can teach you how to set up that environment. Okay, so some examples of some things that are within our control around picky eating. So number one is really capitalizing on that flavor window before your little one hits that picky eating phase. Now, I know a lot of us are probably past this point since you're listening to this podcast, but especially if you have uh, more babies coming one day or if you're listening to this for a little bit of prevention, but it's really capitalizing on not only flavors, but also textures, even temperatures between the ages of six months and 18 months is really ideal. The wider kind of base or range of flavors, textures, temperatures, all the variety you can think of that they get earlier on, the better they're going to do later. Now, that's not always guaranteed, but it really is a great prevention strategy. And I kind of think of it this way, where you kind of build up this mountain of evidence or experience that they have with foods. And so once they get to like this top of the mountain, it's going to take them a little bit longer to go back down the mountain and kind of lose trust in a lot of those foods because they have so many foods that they're willing to eat. If that makes sense versus if you only really expose them to a handful of foods before they hit that pickiness, they're only going to have experience with a handful of foods. It's going to be really hard to keep their nutrition up because they only have some so many foods that they're willing to eat. So I hope that makes sense, but really capitalizing on that flavor window. 
The second thing is making sure that we continue to offer variety. So even if our little one is picky, even if we think, oh, there's no way they're going to eat this, we're still giving them an opportunity all the time. The only way that we can guarantee they won't eat a food is if we don't put it in front of them. And honestly, I like to say, let them surprise you. Let them take you off or cut you off guard where you put broccoli in front of them and then all of a sudden they pop it in their mouth. Now, don't freak out or get excited or celebrate or dance or anything like that. We play it cool. But at the end of the day, we want to continue to expose them to a variety of foods. So that's a big reason why pickiness might continue or get worse is because we're kind of giving them a food rut in a sense, where we're only serving them the same foods for breakfast, same foods for lunch, same foods for snack, dinner, and so on and so forth. And I know, I get it as a mom, it can be really easy just to say, oh, this is what we do for breakfast. And these are the three snacks we have, right? But at the same way, we want to make sure that we're giving them ample opportunity to expand what they're willing to eat. So even if you're expanding the variety in small ways, like you serve let's say a waffle every morning, but on one morning you do a waffle with butter. The next morning it's waffle with peanut butter. Next morning it's waffle with yogurt. Next morning it's waffle with almond butter or whatever. You know, it's really just keeping up that variety and making it a little bit different each day can be really, really powerful. Another kind of thing that's within our wheelhouse of what we can control around food is using pressure or rather not using pressure to help our little ones eat. So anytime we're using tactics like bribing, begging, pleading, guilting, praising our little ones to eat or to eat a certain amount of food or a certain type of food on their plate, that's considered pressure. And adding pressure is really uh, temporary if it doesn't work at all. Um, it's just a temporary fix. And oftentimes you tend to have to dig yourself out of a hole um, after using these techniques for a long period of time. So whether we intend to or not, it's creating a hierarchy of food for our little one where there are some foods that are more preferred than others because we're being pressured to eat them or not to eat them or whatnot and what that looks like. Now, I do want to take some time here and let you know that there are so many different reasons for picky eating. There are some that are more often talked about than not. And there are some reasons for picky eating that are overlooked or ignored or not known about or just simply under talked about uh, reasons for picky eating and why this is happening. And they're in the wheelhouse of, hey, this is something I can control and change. And that is exactly why I am going to be teaching on this exact Thing. So I'm going to be teaching on the top three most overlooked, under talked about reasons for picky eating and what to do about them. So if you want to click the link in the description box below and save your seat, I'm teaching on April 25th at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central, that's 9 p.m. Eastern Time and 6 p.m. Pacific Time. So hopefully you can join me live. Of course, there'll be a replay if you can't. I get it, busy mom life. But if you're able to come live, not only do you have the opportunity to get your real life questions answered, but you'll also get a free gift for just for coming live to hang out with me. So again, that's April 25th at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I will be teaching on this exact topic, the top three most overlooked, under talked about reasons for picky eating that are likely happening in your home and you may not even know it. So I can't wait to teach on this topic. It's been a while, honestly, and I'm just so excited to bring this information to you. I know it's going to help so many parents out there kind of tease away what's happening in their home and maybe even chip away at picky eating in general. So I can't wait to teach on that. 
I'll also be talking to you a little bit more about my Table Talk program. I know that for some of you, that might just be the next right step for you to take to get all the information and tools you need to tackle picky eating once and for all. For some of you, maybe that's not the case. Maybe this free class is all you need or this podcast, and that's fine too. Either way, it's going to be a really valuable class, and you're going to walk away with some really tangible tips of what to do in your home to help your picky eater reverse picky eating. Praise the Lord, right? That is the goal. And so I can't wait to see you there. Don't forget to click the link in the description box below. That's April 25th at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And I did just want to take a second and explain why it's so important to know the why behind picky eating. Now, we're not always going to know, like 100%. We can't know, oh, this is exactly what happened, or my little one choked on a raspberry when they were eight months old and he'll never touch a raspberry again. Like maybe we can suss that out, but likely we don't know 100% of the reason why picky, picky eating happens. And the goal isn't to understand all of it, but the goal is to understand what's going on in our little one's body, what's going on in their brain, so that we can make a plan to fix it. I say this all the time in my own life, especially in our own parenting, and so I want to share it with you, but figuring out why is so important because once we can figure out the why, then we can figure out the how. And what I mean by that is if we know why picky eating is happening, then we can start to decide, A, is it something I can control? Yes or no. Likely there's a mix of both there. But if it is something I can control, then I can figure out how to fix it how to reverse it, how to change it, how to encourage it to be different in my home. When we don't know the why or we're trying to ignore the why, we might take a strategy that we heard on the internet or on a podcast or on Instagram and apply it and not understand why it's not working. But because it's not specifically tailored to the why behind your little one's picky eating. I hope that's making sense. It's kind of like if you're drinking water from your fridge and it's not quite tasting right and then you just keep changing the water filter thinking it's the water filter when in reality it's because your cup has like a little soap residue from the dishwasher. You don't understand why the water tastes weird. You're fixing the wrong thing. You are trying to go after the wrong thing and you're expending so much energy and you're not understanding why it's not working and it's exhausting and no wonder you're ready to give in, the, give in and throw in the towel, right? Because Because what you're doing isn't working, but you're trying something and you just keep coming up short, right? So this is why the why behind picky eating is really important. It's actually an entire module inside my Table Talk program to get parents to think about why pickiness might be happening in their home. Now, again, we can't always figure it out 100% and it's likely multiple different things. But once we understand how their bodies are working, how their brains are working, and why this might be happening, we can be a little bit more strategic with the tactics that we use to approach it in order to reverse it and fix picky eating once and for all. So that's all for today. I hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope to see you during this live training on the 25th of April, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, the top three most overlooked and under talked about reasons for picky eating that are happening in your home and what to do about them. I can't wait to see you there and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. 
Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right. Until next time, mamas.